0: Hi, this is Lorraine Salazar with Everyday Heroes. Today, our guest is Rashawn Copeland. Rashawn is an online pastor redefining the use of social media, using it as a tool to reach more people with the Word of God. You can find him on almost any platform on the web. He's the author of the newly released book, Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess, Loves You Through It, and Leads You Out of It. Hi, Rashaan. Thank you so much for being on the show. It is so nice to talk to you. Congratulations on your book. Now, before we get into your book, can we talk about the ministry work you're doing? I know you're involved in a lot, and can you tell us about some of that?
1: Certainly. Thank you again so much for having me. Your joy is so contagious. I just want you to know that. And I look forward, yeah, just to seeing where this relationship goes between this podcast and our ministries. I'm thankful for you. So
0: thank you for saying that, and me too. So I feel the same way. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, I consider myself a minister who writes and a writer who preaches. So I spend a lot of time online uh, just creating content that's Christ-centered that can point people to the hope that's everlasting. You know, this is a dark world, and so many people are going through so much right now. And I know it's not tough oftentimes to try to, you know, be that light in a dark world, but it's so needed right now. It's much needed. And I'm just trying to be what I can within the body, part of the greater good of what God is wanting to
0: do. So I feel like you do so much. You have not only the book you just published and released, but you also have a podcast of your own. You're on several different social media platforms, correct?
1: Yes, ma'am. On every social media. I love Social media, you know, just because that's where everyone's attention is and we can meet them like right where they are. So I I just absolutely love it.
0: And you, when, where are you based in the country? Where are you?
1: Oklahoma City, the buckle of the Bible Belt.
0: I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And have you, have you been born and raised there? Is that, is that home for you, Oklahoma?
1: It is actually home. So I was born in Lawton, in Oklahoma, where Fort Sill is, a military base. Uh, but my dad was military, so we lived almost everywhere, everywhere from Miami to Toto Land, uh, Wizard of Oz where Kansas is, you huh. know, Topeka, Kansas, and literally all over Texas. Yeah, like George yeah. Strait. Yeah. You got
0: to see a lot of different parts of the country.
1: Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. Yes,
0: and. Ma'am. So you you love doing social media. You have a big following on social media. Can you tell us what's unique about ministering to people on social media and what are the benefits of that?
1: Oh, totally. So one of the big things for me, especially when it came to uh, social media and being able to use it to impact people, saturate it with the gospel, it was because I spent a lot of times on the other side of it full of gossip. You know, back in the day before I came to Christ, I would oh, yeah. use it to tear people down rather than build them up. You know, oh, that was sure. just one of the troll guys. And, uh, but there was also things where I thought were good. You know, I thought I was doing something good, but it was like utterly selfishness that I would portray that led people astray from Christ. As far as with rap music and, you know, sharing a lot of toxic things about money and drugs, alcohol. Like I was living that style of life and I was, actually allowing, you know, you know, people go to see my life and want to like, I wanted people to envy me uh, yeah. from the out, outward things and the success that I, that it looked like on the outside rather than, yes. you know, connecting with people at the heart level where they truly need it most. And I just remember God met me on social media and he met me at my deepest, darkest point. And he used a girl who was the only Christian girl I followed to, to meet me in the night where I was gonna take my own life. And it changed everything for me. And I was like, if a young lady who's a Christian girl at a Christian university who knows nothing about me, posted something that truly impacted me. What can I do, you know, to impact the world just within a click of a button? And then I just started, yeah, sharing the gospel online and sharing my testimony down the line, you know?
0: So your book, Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess. First of all, I love that title because it's like, don't wait, don't wait,
1: do it now.
0: How did your journey of following God begin?
1: Love it. Well, you know, it started somewhere where I would uh, truly would not love to share, like share about, but I can't help but to share about it. There was times where I was so prideful, so egotistical as a high school football player starting off, you know, Um, and I sort of lived this life where I wanted to please people at all times, by all means. And it all started because I felt my teacher in the fourth grade told me to never pick up again and write again. So, out of Why? The same,
0: why would a teacher tell you that?
1: Well, she literally, I don't know why. I still ask that question to this day. But I know now as I look and learn and grow wisdom that we live in a fallen world, a broken world. And, you know, we essentially, do. just to keep it short, hurt people tend to hurt people, but heal people will heal people. Absolutely and I Absolutely
0: correct, 100%
1: yeah and i've been in places where because i was hurt and my brokenness wasn't mended i left it unattended where i literally went and hurt other people and so i'm just as guilty as that lady to a certain degree so there's compassion for her there but one thing that i will say is that uh in my uh in my sort of journey or expedition to you know sort of regain uh this sense of identity and pride. I found myself, you know, really becoming successful football, but sleeping around with, you know, girls in high school and things like that. But I didn't know it was going to lead to this dark, destructive moment. One night I was sitting in the park after dark, you know, getting ready to sign the biggest scholarship of my life. You know, ready, you know, excited. Wow. To go to college and do these. Was that off a
0: football scholarship?
1: Uh Uh-huh, football. University of Nebraska was the school I was looking at, like a dream school for me. And I was super Red Bull excited, triple shot, espresso elated. I just remember sitting at this park after dark one night with this young lady that I was in love with. And I remember she, unbeknownst to me, she had an ex-boyfriend that called her phone. Then out of nowhere, I reach for a phone, I grab it pridefully, and I answer, and I'm like, Hello? And the young lady, you know, is like, no, don't talk to me. And he gets on the phone and he's just like, Hey, where are you? Why are you with my girl? Why are you with my girl? And I guess he's seen us on MySpace together. I was one of our friends, and that's how he found out. But needless to say, I did an unwise thing that night. I told him where I was. It was terrible. And I pretty much hung up the phone and I was like, this guy want me, he'll come and fight me. That was that prideful, egotistical high school football player, future college football star in me that provoked that. But needless to say, 10 minutes later, after listening to get Richard or die trying, it was a rap song, you know, my heart getting pumped up more, a band peels into the parking lot of this park. And then five guys jump out of the van. I'm not talking about burgers. Uh, and they start walking towards us. And I tell the girl, just sit here. I got this. Sit here. So I pridefully get out of the car, but fearfully, still fearful of out of my mind. You know what I was getting myself into? I'm walking towards them. They're walking towards me. My mind's racing. My heart beating out of my chest. And as mm-hmm. about seven feet away, one guy reaches for his waistband. He grabs a pistol. He waves it in the air. And I was like, oh. and I turn and I run and I slip and I fall and he stands over me. Boom, boom, two gunshots, and I had just been shot down, and I was left for dead. They get up, and they, I mean, they were already up. Oh my up, they God, yeah. you were
0: shot.
1: Shot down, yeah, gun down, and those guys, they ran off. I got up. The adrenaline was pumping. My heart was everything was going crazy and I, I run and I didn't know I was shot you know because the adrenaline you know I didn't really know I was oh, yeah. shot. I didn't, you don't really you know? feel
0: those things your adrenaline is so high right then.
1: Yeah. yeah but here's the crazy part as I run over in to the left side of the car which was the passenger side I dove over to the left side because I was scared that they were going to finish me off as they were pulling out of the parking lot I seen the headlights and I didn't want them to kill me finish me off you know yeah. so as I at the left side of the car, I look up inside of the car because the door is open. The young lady's gone. She's gone. I'm all alone. It's pitch black outside and it's cold. I remember it being so cold. But here's what stuck out to me warm blood began to run up my back on the cement. And at that moment, I went into shock because I knew I had just been shot. And I, I was just there crying. I was like, God, how did I get here? How did I get here? And as I'm crying out for the first time ever, several things came across my mind. Number one, how one, how did I get here? And did I ever live? This thought came through. my am like, yeah, I live. But I live for everybody. I live for the acceptance. I live for my friends, the football coaches. I live for my... My, my my family, my, you know, my dad, all these different things. But did I ever live for God? The Bible says he that has the son has life. But he that does not have the son does not have life. And I truly never felt that I lived out. I didn't live out the purpose that I was truly called here to live. And yeah, by all the grace was of... that was
0: running through your mind while you're laying on the cement.
1: Yeah, yeah. That it was over and, like, and no one was there. And I had the crowd, but I'm thankful he was there. God was yes. there. He met me me there. That's why I wrote Start Where You Are because he meets meet us in our mess, but not only that, he doesn't meet us there to keep us there, but to love us through it and lead us out of it.
0: Where were you shot and what happened after that? You were okay. left alone? You were left to die?
1: so i was left to die for sure uh but because god's so rich in mercy i'm so thankful for him but i was shot in my leg nick one flesh wound that went straight through and by the grace of god it didn't hit an artery it didn't hit a bone it just went straight through the muscle my hamstring the other one nicked the back of my knee so those two wounds to this day those scars share a tremendous story of God's grace and how I'm so undeserved to be where I am now. I have every reason not to be where I am now, but he, by the grace of God, met me there and kept me. Uh, but here's amazing. Here's the amazing thing. Moments and moments after that, it felt like an eternity, about 12 to 15 minutes later, out of nowhere, I call this guy an angel, pickup truck pulls in, he jumps out the car, or the, the truck, he picks me up, he's wearing a white shirt, and literally his shirt was full of blood and he throws me in his truck and he drives me all speeds off to the hospital, running red lights and everything. And I just remember it felt like it took so long to get to that hospital that night. Yes. Like it was the sweetest thing ever that I was in that car. It felt like that was just the grace of God carrying me. Like, And, and this
0: was that night. Was this late at night?
1: Late, late at night. Late yeah. at at night, that
0: a truck out of nowhere comes yeah. by. Sees you, picks uh-huh. you up, puts you in his truck, takes you right to the emergency room, which I'm sure felt like ages and ages, but yeah. you know. And
1: I, I haven't seen that guy since. Uh, that's why. Do you I,
0: even know who he is?
1: I didn't know who he was. And that's just, yeah, I, felt, I, I really believe it was some supernatural. You know, I believe God did something beautiful that night. And
0: Sean, I 100% believe yeah. sure that too.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad it happened, though, you know?
0: How amazing. Your recovery after that, college was put on hold?
1: Yeah, so college was put on hold. Uh, Matter of fact, those scholarships got taken back. They got stripped away. You know, everything that I sort of was looking for sort of went down the drain. And I went through a heavy bout of depression, trying to figure out why I was here. You know, even had thoughts of suicide and that that morphine and that stuff that they gave me, those pills did not help at all. I mean, I was woo- I was out of my mind. But one thing that I did realize is that as God was tugging me, you know, uh, and, and beginning to move my heart towards Him more, I felt as though I was finally getting back to this place where I was supposed to be, but because I didn't have people alongside me who cared enough to, to, to walk with me in that, I just went back. I relapsed in a way on just a hedonistic lifestyle when I went to college. So I did end up going to Juco after recovery and began to play ball in Juco. Did really well. Still was around the wrong crowds. And we ended up going uh, to, yeah, University of Kansas. I, could, I ended up signing a scholarship, going to the University of Kansas to play ball. And then, um, yeah, went off into Division two. I transferred again. But there was so much that happened in between there that was just wild as well. But I'm so thankful, yeah, that later on in L.A., he got, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. And that's where I wanted to move towards. So now you find yourself alone and with a gun, suicidal. Uh We, We flash forward about how many years is that from the time of, like, graduating to the time you find yourself
1: that was about, that's a great question. That was about almost 10 years later, almost, 10 years, you know,
0: okay. because I Fine, did, right.
1: yeah, I did the okay. college thing and yeah. I commissioned into the army, maybe eight years and I was, okay. served in the military for a while. And it was right after that, the two, three year gap, right after the college and the three years in the military. So
0: so you find yourself now alone as you're in this next chapter of your life, but it, it seems, are you still battling with depression? Are you battling with these things?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, definitely uh, battling because everything that I was pursuing, I sort of went to Los Angeles uh, to pursue the rocket ship of social media fame and oh, yeah. uh, sure. also wanted to get into acting and all this different stuff. Yes. Um, my buddy. Uh, that I was hype man for named Soja Boy. I don't know if y'all heard of Soja Boy. Yes,
0: I do. Yes, I remember.
1: Uh-huh. I did some work with him and then a, a lot of other quote-unquote celebs and YouTubers. It, it felt like I was finally, you know, going up this ladder to success, but I didn't know why, you know, the G-Wagon didn't fulfill me. I didn't know why uh, the House in the Valley didn't fulfill me. The quarter million social media followers didn't fulfill me. All this stuff was not... Fulfilling me. So, you know, the moment things began to move away, specifically relationships, like the girl I was in love with again, it was a girl that was at USC uh, that was in law school, I thought I was going to marry. She found out that I was having an emotional affair with a girl. And this is where I was. It's a bit, you know, dark, but it was in uh, the porn industry. I was having an emotional affair. It's just my dark days, my dark ways uh, that had the best. Passions uh, that were tor- totally not of God, but um, literally, Hearing I found that is so
0: important, Rashawn, because it makes other people so reachable, yeah, it's so reachable and relatable, and you know, it's it, it's showing we we can all be saved, we can yeah. all reach out, we can all help each other.
1: Yes, amen, amen to that, because you know, again, yes. I don't yeah. feel like if we truly just just see how our all our lives are just broken on some level and yes, we exactly
0: a yes. you know, so much is just seeing from the outside the exterior and it like you said inside you weren't happy yeah why did that stuff you had that stuff it was in front of you you were living it and it's it wasn't there was still this void
1: yeah, yeah, and what one thing I love? What what was it? Um, uh, Tom was it Tom Cruise or Jim Carrey? It was Jim Carrey that said, "I I wish everyone could get famous and rich just so they can realize how empty or how you know bankrupt it truly is." You know, right?
0: And yeah, I said I was
1: is, a rich guy, it's or, not going
0: you know, to fulfill you.
1: Very true. So while I was there, and the young lady found out I was having an emotional affair, like. The moment she was like, I'm done with you, and I knew she was done with me, yeah, it was just a tragedy for me at that point because she was a big reason why I was there in LA. I was in love with her. And then the guys that I was running around with, began to talk down on me on social media and different things like that. Everything began to crash and burn, but here's what was amazing. And I'm so grateful that like brokenness is like that place where sometimes God takes us to kill our progress, you know, to, yes, hold up, exactly. to stop yes. us uh, mm-hmm. because we're headed down a destructive path, you know? Mm-hmm. So as I'm sitting here in my house in LA, I'm about to go down the hall and I'm done. I'm done with life. There's no hope. There's nothing beyond what I'm going through. I go down and I'm getting in the locker where the pistol is. I grab the pistol. I turn and I go back down the hall. The hallway felt like an eternity as I was yeah. walking down that hall because I knew uh, this was near the end. And uh, as I'm getting in my room, I get on my knees and I got this pistol in my mouth and I'm shaking and I'm scared. I'm nervous. Uh, And I take it back out and I put it back in and I take it back out and I'm thinking and I'm crying. I'm I'm doing whatever I can to just wrestle. I'm wrestling. Uh, But here's the thing. Out of nowhere, you know, I began to have this one thought. Actually, it was two thoughts. The first thought was this, is that if I were to pull this trigger right now and I were to live, I would have to endure that same pain that I went to when I was 17, when I was left down leaking on that sidewalk and i'm not ready for that i know mm-hmm. what the bullet has you know how it wrecks the human body i'm not ready for that and i don't want that but number yes. two the second thing was almost even more scary more um more it had left me more fearful is that if i were to shoot myself and i were to die and i were to cross over into eternity Would I be ready to meet this? Yes, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing God who is infinite in wisdom and knowledge and understanding and he's loving, am I ready to meet him? But he's also holy and he's a judge. Am I ready to give an account for every word, every deed, every action that I've done in my life and actually show myself before him in and of myself, You know, under my own merit? And I'm like, no, I'm not ready for that either. But by the grace of God, this is what happened. And again, I think this takes us back to why social media is so important in reaching people in this digital age, like what you guys are doing, which I'm so humbled and excited about and about being a part on this podcast. But needless to say- Thank you,
0: Rashawn. Me too.
1: So as I get this, I don't know where this phone lights up. I get this shiny, bright light that was literally like that- uh, that I guess it was like uh, it lit up like a lighthouse in a dark room. It, and it was my cell phone. It was on top of the uh, the bed. So what I end up doing, I, I go and grab the phone. And then there's a familiar blue icon. I, I press on it. It was the Facebook. Okay. And it was the only Christian girl that was reaching out to me that I knew about. And what she wrote, she wrote this. And I'll never forget it. And it was in my darkest moment. But it said this. Oh, how wide how deep, how vast the love of God is, and nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in Christ Jesus. And when I was reading and reading, I began weeping and weeping. I cried out to the God of the universe, and I unloaded my heavy soul, and I gave everything to him, every broken part of me. I gave it to him. I said, God, I give up. I give up. I need you I need you. And immediately he answered my call. He met me right where I was and hit me where I needed it—the mo- needed him the most. And from that moment, I never looked back. I just ran straight to the cross. I ran straight, straight to his
0: the arms. You turned your life over.
1: Yes. And he changed me. He he changed me that night. He changed me in that moment. Uh, and I'll never look back. But there was like, several other things that happened after that. But that's a big glimpse of like Wow, just a timely word.
0: That's just timely moment. So from then you knew I, I have to turn my life over to God. Yeah. And is that exactly what you did?
1: That's exactly what I did. And now let me tell you, the moment after the moment after that had happened and and I think this is just just that signature moment you know you don't go from on the verge of committing suicide to being puppies rainbows daisies kittens and all that immediately right, right. after i wrestled with god and what i ended up doing I, I fall asleep i fade off to sleep but here's what what literally was like the eye opener and yeah changed everything it got it got me to leave that place but i i woke up and I had this prompting to look underneath my bed. And um, it was really weird, but what I did, I I did it. I went and looked underneath my bed and there was a suitcase I had never seen before. And this suitcase, the reason why I was there was Our agency would have different talents come in and now actors, models, singers, and some people would just stay in that room, you know, and that suitcase was there and I crack it open, you know, and as I crack it open, uh, it didn't smell too good, the clothes were kind of dirty and stinky, (laughs) but the greatest treasure was inside of there. It was sweeter to the hun- as a honeycomb to the soul, but it was the word of God, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. It In was the children. word of God inside of there. And when I picked up that Bible and I opened it, it took me right to the red letters. And these red letters were the words of Jesus. And it said this, and I'll never forget this. And I And I can't make this up, but it said this, he that wants to keep his life must lose it. But he that loses his life for my name's sake will gain it. And then immediately it hit me head on like a semi truck what it said after. It said, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but yet lose his soul? And then I, I was done. I packed up everything. I quickly as I could, I got out of that house. I took the Bible. Matter of fact, the Bible's the number one stolen book in the world. And I stole it that <laughs> night, you know? And I jumped on the bus. And I go straight downtown to the Greyhound bus. And literally, you know, I didn't meet Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. I met him on the Greyhound bus and rode it all the way back to Oklahoma. Then I got planted in the church, never looked back.
0: The, yeah. the fact that you're alive and I'm having the opportunity to do an interview with, with you is, is amazing. Wow! And it just really shows that God is working through you. What are some reasons people may have a hard time believing God accepts them and loves them?
1: Yeah. Um I would just say, you know, from what I hear most of the time is that they feel their their dirt is too dirty for God. They, they just feel that they're too messy for him. And I want to let someone know out there today that Jesus didn't come for the perfect version of you or who you pretend to be or who you wish you were. But he came for who you exactly who you are and just come to him, come to him. He just says, come unto me all. are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Like someone needs that today. Come come to him. He's waiting on you. He's crying out. The Bible says in James, he has a yearning cry reaching out from his heart, like he's yearning for the spirit that he's allowed to dwell in you. He's waiting for you.
0: Is God anxiously waiting uh, for us to ask for forgiveness from him?
1: Yeah. So one big thing he does, he wants a broken and a contrite heart. That's the sacrifice. He, he delights in like he isn't worried about all we can do for him, like all the things that we do. You know, although good works are great, but he wants our hearts. He wants a heart that is after his own heart. You know, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But I think it's so important that we get that he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Every part of the dark side, the the, the good side, every side, the paradox of the human. He wants us all. He wants all of us, not just the good side. So, and I, hold on. I think I answered your question. I'm so sorry. So forgiveness.
0: I was just curious, right. Where I think sometimes in our mess, we're so, we feel, I think shame is so much also a part of it. And that shame is like, how are we worthy for Mm. Jesus, you know, and is there a piece to that where forgiveness plays a role? Maybe that's worded a bit better.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Forgive me. Like I, it reminds me of this, just like the guy, whenever I was shot down, I was gunned down. He came long before I was ready for him to come. It wasn't like I knew he was going to come. uh Like, but he came long before I was ready. And that's what Jesus did for us long before we were ready. The Bible says, but God demonstrated his love for us all while we are sinners. Christ yeah. died for us. So it was God moving on our behalf you know, to to rescue us from the bondage of sin and brokenness that will destroy us, even if it feels good and it's fun now, but it's only promises excitement that won't last, you know? Yes. And and that's why that forgiveness is so key is that he's waiting to forgive you. And we live from forgiveness once we, you know, repent, turn from our sins and place our faith in Christ. We live from forgiveness, Mm -hmm. not, you know, necessarily, you know, always trying to you know, fight forward out of our own strength and what we do, but Jesus finished. He said, it is finished. He did the work.
0: You go back to Oklahoma after Los Angeles. Okay. You find and plant yourself in a church. From there, you become more active. Does it start as a building block where you start taking on more and more service? Or do you know right away, I need to write this book? How do you navigate what's happening next?
1: wow you know what? I had no clue. I, it literally was trust. It was literally faith that when I got back to Oklahoma, step by step, he didn't show me a lot. I, I I didn't necessarily have a big vision to be an online minister or online pastor. Matter of fact, I was sort of shocked that I am a Christian. I'm shocked that I'm a pastor. I'm shocked <laughs> about these things. You yes. Know, But what was amazing is that when we trust them step by step, we built with him brick by brick on that firm foundation. It will last. And, you know, every promise will come to pass. I just steadily walked with him. And my launching pad of ministry was actually in the county jail where he taught me to evangelize everything from the girl who just got in there, who got the DUI, who was a Thunder cheerleader, who just lost her job, who was at their lowest point that needed reassurance that, hey, God will meet you right where you are. Start where you are. And that's where the book birthed from because I was talking to cheerleaders all the way to dudes on the 12th floor disciplinary segregation in there for murder. And they would say the same thing when I would come to them trying to share Christ. My life isn't clean enough. What do you mean? Do you see where I am? God doesn't want nothing to do with me. And no, I was like, no, no. Like he came for those who are sick who need a doctor.
0: Where did you, I mean, for instance, how did you start your journey into working in the, in the, yeah.
1: Okay. Cause I had a, a criminal justice degree before I went off and in commissioned into the army. Uh, so I literally had a background like, hey, it was a backup plan if I okay. didn't make it in Hollywood. So yeah. when I went back home, I had a buddy already in that same industry working for the sheriff office. He put me on, I was excited about it. But I didn't know my assignment, my ministry would launch out of a prison. I just thought this was just a temporary thing to pay a bill, get some you know, groceries, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But as I got in there, God began to lay on my heart, write little notes, you know, write little notes of either scriptures or just a handwritten note that I'm telling you to say, Rashawn, and slide it underneath a door. And I would rip up like 30 to 60 pages or pieces of paper. A uh, pages a day to put underneath people's cells and to encourage them and I would make sure I did that every day as I was led you know and he he never failed to reach people right where they were with that encouragement and it made a difference it really did And a lot of times I I didn't really yeah see the effects of it but I'm sure others did even the family members of people who are in jail felt the effects of it too so mm-hmm.
0: And that's what you think. You think of everybody involved, you know? Yeah. It's not just the person that is incarcerated, but it's also the, you know, the children, the parents, the, you know, the loved ones, the spouses, it's everybody. How can we learn to be expressions of God's faithfulness wherever God has placed us?
1: At first, I, I really couldn't understand or grasp, like, how can a fragile human being be a conduit and expression of like God's glory, the God who created me, how can I really live like him? And what I learned, you know, throughout the course of the time, and I'm still learning every single day is that, um, I need to learn, you know, um, sort of die to myself as scripture says, and be Christ-like my whole life. I've always been selfish and it's always been about me, but the moment we just say, God, you know, use me in spite of me, may i decrease and may you increase in my life it literally changes everything how jesus laid his life down and he saturated us with the gospel in the same way i feel like we can lay our lives down for others and it's tough though you know like when your wife is telling you to do something and you're completely content and comfortable and you want to, you know, not get up and do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. it's tough to look out for others' interests more than your own. But God's right. teaching me more and more that I need to put, have a poured out life, a living, be a living sacrifice. And I that's what I'm going say. I was to
0: saying. say, it's sacrifice. It's the, yeah. that's a big one, sacrificing. I feel like in today's world, it is so fallen. It is a dark world. How easy is it for a young person to get lost and off track, especially if mom and dad aren't around? Um. And how e- easy is it to find Jesus and turn your life over to him?
1: Awesome. Terrific questions on both of those. The first one I'll start off with, it's extremely easy uh, to get off track. One, when mom and dad isn't around, I spent a lot of years in rebellion from my mother and father, and I didn't necessarily do what you know the scripture clearly tells us to do, which is honor our mother and father. Yeah. You know things to be well with you i went the opposite route and instead of that i tried to find brothers brothers out on the sh- on the street that'll look out for me that will help me get to where i wanted to be and i didn't want no for an answer so like whenever i started doing things like that it really led me astray and you know scripture is clear on that i don't throw out a lot of scripture but psalms one talks about like blessed is he who does not walk in step with the wicked nor take the way that sinners take nor sit in the company of mockers but blessed is he who delights in the law of the Lord for he will be prosperous and successful in all that he does so if we want to stay that that true path that leads to life we need to meditate on the word of Christ meditate on God's word all day and night and live it out you know
0: at what age was Jesus do you remember Jesus in your life now were you raised with Uh, the word of Christ? Were you raised with a knowing of Jesus?
1: Yeah. So uh, I knew about him. I knew of Jesus. You know, my mom would show up at church on Easter and Christmas, you know, sort of the religious routine type thing. And I heard, you know, different preachers and pastors give me this idea. Like I had an idea of like, The I heard ah man, so many levels of it, like hell brimstone. I heard like the the heaven and then I would see people like praising with their lips, but their hearts were far from them, and hypocrisy and judgment and things like that that I dealt with. And I didn't want anything to do with Christians. There was a time I even like despised and hated Christians in just my own little world. Uh but yeah. thankfully, you know, it didn't become real until I really encountered and experienced Christ, and not only that the love of true believers when I got in their community and the love that they have for one another is what, you know, showed me Christ, you know? And yes. then, that's when my heart was softened towards the the gospel and I wanted to know him.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. build your relationship with him. What do you think is something The most important thing as parents we can do to help bring our children to know Christ.
1: Beautiful. And this is a prayer of mine every single night. Like, Lord, how do we do
0: this? Yes.
1: You know, it's the next
0: generation. And we want them to live, you know, in this life.
1: Yes. I would say uh, to someone out there listening, a parent, a friend, whoever you are, maybe you're not a parent yet, but several ways to pray for your children. Number 1, I would say pray for their salvation in Christ, you know? Like pray that they would come to the saving knowledge of Christ, that they would know him, truly know him. Uh but number 2, as God that he would give them a heart for in a joy for eternal things, you know? Eternal things and also wisdom to discern life, you know? I wish my parents would have known because I would have saved me a lot of hiccups and hangups, you know, throughout my yeah. life, I would have just had a little wisdom. One hundred percent. Before we can have fit wisdom, we need the fear of the Lord, like ah, ah and a respect for God. And so I would yeah. just pray that, but also grace to love others. I would ask, you know, that, you know, Lord, give my kids a grace to love others, and yeah, and that's it—selflessness and service as well. To the, the, the be children that want to serve, those would be the top things.
0: Where can somebody begin their relationship with God as far as you know God meets you in your mess? what's the first step you do to to cultivate that relationship and to make yeah. that relationship you've, you've decided I want to give my life over to God now what do I do?
1: Awesome. you know that where it starts in our own hearts in, in our own heart, does long to, to to cry and talk out to God. So I just would say acknowledge whatever it is that's going on and talk to him, talk to him, pray, pray, pray. Uh, and I believe in that prayer, you know, scripture has this promise that says, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. That is a promise. Like if we just open up our mouth and speak to him, he's going to answer he's going to speak to us he's going to respond uh and he's faithful to do that and if he doesn't in that moment keep asking keep knocking keep seeking as the scripture says and he's he's faithful
0: and i love the scripture you're bringing up in this interview by the way i mean that's where we go to look for the answers right and it's coming right out of your mouth and that's just beautiful and so spot on when did you pick up a pen again
1: Oh, wow. Great question. Because I really want to know.
0: Because that made me start to tear up when you said that the teacher had said that to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Again, all those years, it was over 20 something years later, just to answer exactly like 26 years or something. It was something. But it was years later, you know, after I learned that I didn't need to have grammar in order to write a great story. After I learned that um, literally that obstacle, which was that fourth grade teacher, that classroom was actually an opportunity for me to share, you know, this message that God was laying on my heart to share my story. And when I knew that there was something out of my story for someone to learn, but not only learn for someone to be touched by, someone to be touched by, which was God himself who used me to write it it changed everything. I was like, I have to share this message. I have to share this story. Not for me. I got to get rid of my insecurity and share it for him. And that's what changed everything. And so it was about 20 20 years later or so.
0: What an amazing story, Uh, how the cycle, how it all came through. Thank God you picked up a pen again. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thank you for your books. Is there anywhere else that we can find you that we haven't mentioned that you'd like to say?
1: Well, just any uh, platform, social media platform or Sean Copeland. And I do have a podcast scriptures and stories, which I would love for you to share your story on. Like oh. I was going to ask you that when we get off here, to be open. and that, what is,
0: that is so kind of you. I Yeah. Thank you. And then you. we can
1: plug the podcast. I know more people will love your podcast. So we need to get them over here to your show and, Uh, I just really appreciate you, and you're so genuine, so joyful, and I look forward to seeing what God continues to do in your life.
0: Thank you, Rashawn. Thank you so much. I feel the same way about you. I know it's been a little bit of time for us to connect, and I am just so grateful and thankful we did. God bless you. God bless the work you're doing, and thank you so much for being on the show. You can find Rashawn's book, Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess, Loves You Through It, and Leads You Out of It on Amazon and most other major booksellers, as well as Audible. You can also find Rashawn's podcast, Scripture and Stories, on the Converge Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Heroes. Please comment and share if you like what you hear. Have a great day.